I am Angela That's DK, what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we go? So the point being is, good golfers are fucking dime a dozen, and we saw it in full swing with the line of demarcation between. Yeah, are you ready, Bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. Welcome and welcome in another episode of Divots and Pivots. It's Tuesday night here on the Fantasy Sports Corporation Network, and it's playoff time as we wrap up uh, the Wyndham Championship last week. Move forward without Justin Thomas. We'll get to that more in a little bit. And if we get into the playoffs, it's going to be fun. It's going to be hectic. Smaller fields. Get ready. But before we get into all that, as always, Bud Copeland joining me on the other end of the mic. How are you tonight, Bud? Magnificent. It's another major week. We got the U.S. Women's Amateur going on at the Bel Air Country Club. Saw a weird story earlier that I guess there's tunnels uh, that that you have to that take people from one side to the next and like cut through valleys and whatnot. And those tunnels are the reason that golf carts are the width that they are. I have not died. I'm going to send the I team on that to follow up and find out what they mean. I just saw that quick headline literally as you were going live and I was just kind of scrolling on the stuff that I've missed. So Sunday, they'll crown another U.S. Women's Amateur Champion. And then uh, also on Sunday, we're going to crown another major over in the over in the U.K. is the Women's Open, the AIG Women's Open. I think it's this is like its 20th year with major designation status. So it's going to be an exciting weekend of golf worldwide. But like we know, our focus and the focus of many in the golf universe will be on Memphis, TPC Southwind and the FedEx St. Jude. Uh, first round of the playoffs it's it's boggling to me i just this just hit me before too it was a year ago will zalatoris won he won this event he was leading the whole freaking thing going into round two of the playoffs when his back just tweaked and then obviously he had to have that surgery earlier this year so it'll be interesting to see if and when he gets back i got a feeling he'll be back maybe for the century if they let him in if not uh maybe he waits for the west coast swing but a lot of good stuff going on. We will get into the the uh, the playoffs and everything. But as you alluded to earlier, JT by a hair, Not literally in out. I mean, he he eagled fifteen, and I was at the Red Sox game watching it on my phone. He eagles he eagles fifteen or sixteen, whatever it was, and then he goes, yeah. and then he bogeyed the next hole. And I like all I thought was like, no, that's just too. That's too, I mean, if he pars he in, he's in. Yeah. <laughs> But there was a lot of chatter. So here's here's my first question to you, and then we'll get back into the JT, the playoff, Ryder Cup, all those implications. But coming out of the weekend, what was a bigger deal to you? JT missing the cut, or not missing the cut, missing the playoffs, or Big D Bryson DeChambeau shooting 58 to win his live event? JT missing the playoffs, 100%. I, 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 compl- I once again completely forgot that Liv was having an event this week until I saw that Bryson shot a 58. So, yeah, <laughs> it was easy, was a, far and away. 
he he was saying how when he was a kid he would play from the front tees and just try to score and i think that's a great that's a great lesson for anybody trying to get better at the game if you really don't give a rat's ass and you're just out there to have a good time slam some beers make a putt maybe drop a bomb whatever then go for it but if you're actually working on your game and you're actively trying to get a little bit better that is a wonderful drill we used to do that too we'd play from the red tees or the front tees and we would either we would do one of two things we would say you can't bring anything more than a seven iron and then just really challenge yourself or we would just flat out play from the front tees to do what he's talking about learn how to score be comfortable with that many birdie looks and then all of a sudden be comfortable with the thought that i'm you know my you know a mind-blowing number under par 58 is a big deal the somebody chirped me online earlier when i brought it up uh the other day that the Greenbrier white course where they're playing which used to be a tpc designation i can't imagine it still holds that once the tour broke it's uh you know broke its agreement with having a tournament there. And now they're signed with live. I just don't see a TPC course hosting a live event, but somebody pointed out there's been a, several sixties and 61s and 62s, maybe even a 59 here and there over the years at that course. And my only response to that is so 58 is 58. I mean that in it's Bryson DeChambeau. If this was somebody who didn't have bona fides on the PGA tour, major champion, been there, done that, then I would say like, ah, oh, maybe he doesn't know what real pressure is. But mm -hmm. uh, I think Bryson is beyond pressure. Those guys don't think, you know, those, those guys on live, they really don't think about where they are. They're just trying to make, you know, play as play as well as they can. So I think the 58 is a big deal. I don't think it's a bigger deal than JT missing the cut because of those other implications. But it brings up another great question relating those two. Do you give Bryson DeChambeau a look for the Ryder Cup or – did JT do enough to make it, or are they both going to miss it? Uh, that I think they're both going to miss it. F for me, I think it's a tough look, even as a captain's pick, to to pick a guy who didn't make the playoffs. And look, I know I know JT missed it by a hair. I know JT is JT, and he's got a ton of match match play experience, and I get all that. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact that he's just not been playing well, and he hasn't been playing consistent. Um, I, I, I just said from a complete team strategy standpoint, I wouldn't want that that uh, that question mark on the team. So just not there right now. So for folks who may not be familiar with how this works after not this week, but after next week, the those that are in the top six will be locked in and mm -hmm. that, you know, a couple of them are already made it. They made announcements like, hey, Wyndham Clark, Scotty Scheffler, come on down, wear the red, white and blue because they've got enough points. There's no way in hell they could pretty much do that with a couple other guys. But but you've got you've got Brooks Kepka who's idle. And, you know, people like Xander, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and I think actually these <laughs> might be outdated, but those guys can still go and earn some points. And Brooksy might be on the outside looking in. And then I, I think you absolutely have to take Brooks Kepka because he oh, did yeah. what he did and got to that point. I'd take him over JT if it was down to those two right now. Yeah, but it won't be down to those two Brooks. I, I know, but in. I'm just saying that hypothetical like that. I would have because I'm, I'm sure people will listen to the show and just think I'm so anti live that that's why I wouldn't take Brooks Kepka. No, I would take Brooks Kepka over JT. Oh, 100%. I'm still, I, I took Major Brooks the first few times. So Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, they're going to be in. You know, Brooks is sitting there at fourth, Xander's at fifth, Patrick Haley's at six. 
And then you got Max Homa, Cam Young, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, all guys who are in good form. Max finally found it after the the, the, mm-hmm. the Open Championship. Cam Young never lost it. Jordan Spieth has been on the rise ever since he found it again. And Keegan Bradley's having a little resurgence, and he's won a couple times. So you almost have to think those guys are going to be in as well. And then it's like, do you take Ricky? Do you, I don't know. I, I think he's going to get picked, but I agree with you that it's a, it's going to be a bad look, but I don't think they give a shit about look. I think it's going to be much more of like, he did find something and he's been there, done that. And him and Jordan paired up are just a, well, I mean, as long as they're both firing, I think yeah. he's going to get picked, but at the same time, I agree with you. I don't think it's a good look. Uh, but then again, what do we know? See, out of all those guys you listed, the only one that, really screams hat like having the makeup for the style of golf that the that the Ryder Cup is would be Cam Young out of that group. Um that's all I think Cam Young for sure, but like I don't think Keegan's necessarily lines up great for Ryder Cup play. And, and yeah, Max Holmes turned it on, but I'm not sure he lines up great either. Have we seen but, him in, in, in Ryder Cup or President's Cup or any type of team style event before? I can't re- really I want to say he was in the red, white and blue last year for the President's Cup. But let me ask what you this the uh the next guys, so we're talking about, you know, you know, Max Homa at seven, Cam Young at eight, Jordan Spieth at nine, like, yeah, and Keegan Bradley at 10. All right, just take them. So then you got two more spots. Colin Morikow and Sam Burns are the two are the next two names. And then right after that, you got Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. So we're not talking about like just because he missed the playoffs. I mean, he's this is also a, you know, it is a a biennial you know chase for these points in this position so he was kind of there and even as shitty as even with missing the playoffs he is a in a respectable position to be picked and i think that's lost on people because you're right he missed the playoffs sure. so how could you take him but recent form seems to be trending in that direction he sure as shit knows what he's doing when he's on in international play and personal relationships do matter in team in team yeah. golf uh, you know, we saw that with even Matty Wolf and not liking Brooks, and they had a little falling out. And then I guess Matty found it. He he shot some low scores, but it was overshadowed by Brooksy. So Justin Thomas, that's what I'm saying there. You know, sitting there at 14th, but you do have like you know Ricky and Danny McCarthy who are around and who are going to go ahead and you know get some points and maybe pull ahead, maybe not. So I yeah. I think it, I, I think it's just hard <laughs> conversations because I think it would be easy to to shun Sam Burns because I'm just being a dickhead and going sure on like, well, just being like, Hey, who's the yeah, name? But, uh, who's the brand Colin yeah. Morikawa or Sam Burns. And then you got to flip a coin between Ricky and JT and Ricky's so, got yeah, better so I'm form, glad you, but JT's got better pedigree. So I'm glad you brought up personal relationships though. Cause that is the re one of the reasons why I would put JT in it. Because if you are going to go the route where you end up having, say you end up having Spieth and Fowler in there too, then that's a situation where I would bring JT as the last guy in and and kind of because those three together they they are very comfortable together they play together all the time they hang out together off the course like I can I could see that working and, and maybe bringing a little extra uh, oomph to some of their play especially someone like JT who who has struggled and been up and down recently. It's going to be fun. That's for damn sure. I still can't believe Wyndham Clark's going to be $8,500 this week after what he's been putting out there and the positions that he's put himself in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, no, it's not to try to skip ahead there, but no, no love for Bryson D at all. And I think, I think that's, yeah. I think it's, he's another one. He's another guy who's, it's almost like Draymond Green. If Draymond Green got left off of the USA squad one year, he, 
it was almost understandable that sure you're probably good enough to play in this competition yeah. you know the dynamic and unless you're going to qualify automatically you know that personality is not going to mesh and i don't know if there's i don't know they're about i don't know their ins and outs but i just don't see him as part of the crew um mm -hmm. i do think that he's always just trying to grind away and find whatever next hack he can make can i gain weight lose weight gain yardage you know what kind of tweak am i going to do to my clubs he's always trying to invent clubs with with cobra and shit like that so yeah. i i think he's more of a fascination than a necessity so there's your Ryder cup teaser we got a couple weeks left before we find out yeah. who's gonna be who's gonna be there uh <clears throat> and i was on a football show a couple weeks ago and they and they and you know introduced it oh co-host of the divots and pivots show uh golf's ending now and i was like whoa, whoa whoa hold yourself this is about to be the most exciting part of the season for golf because we get major level of golf turn maybe not major level but like that type of atmosphere playoff yeah. golf plus the Ryder cup mixed in there like this is about to be like a marathon of a, a month to five six weeks here for us and i love it yeah it, they, they did right and then i, can't, I don't even I, feel, I can't remember what's about to happen this fall but because the next year doesn't start really officially the points everybody starts at zero come i want to say it's january one they just rolled out the mm -hmm. 2024 schedule i think it's hilarious to me that we've gone from elevated events to designated events and then next year they're going to be called signature events uh bang up job by the marketing team there down at ponte yeah. beach the their social media team is wonderful but like what in the hell so signature yeah. events. And uh, here's a question for you around that. I don't know if you if you caught much of this. So schedule came out and they did their thing where they're just trying to pepper in a signature event and a major like pretty much every month throughout the entire season, except for July. No signature events in July. And I think it's because you got a major in there and then we're going to be rolling <clears> into the Olympics. Waste management's not going to be a designated event like it was this year. And instead, the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am will take that spot. And it's going to be so eight designated eight signature events three of them are still going to have a cut so the 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 tigers tournament jack's tournament arnie's tournament they're starting with 70 all of these signature events are going to be 70 75 players whatever that limited field is but mm -hmm. those two will do a 36 hole cut or those three will do a 36 hole cut down to 50 and top and if you're within 10 strokes so i mean if everybody's just playing out of their mind they're not going to cut heads off just to cut heads off so if you're within 10 strokes of the lead or you're in the top or you're tied for the uh, top 50 you're going to make the weekend. Those guys are playing for live type money, $4 million to the winner. The other five signature events will just do 70 players, no cut, 18, you know, 18%, you know, cut to the winner. So it's going to be like 3.7 like normal. Yeah. But should they feel slighted by no longer being a designated event or is the waste management, the waste management, they don't need that extra shine? Yeah, I don't think they're going to feel slighted by it. They, they, I think they know what they are and they own it. And that's, and honestly, I don't think they, I kind of, I don't think they need to make the waste management a, a, a signature event. Like the people, the guys show up for that anyways. And so that's a, to me, the purpose of a signature event, or at least the way I understood of what they were trying to do, is to try to bring some light to some tournaments that, that they'd like to have some other guys at to, to, to bring up the, the level of competition a little bit. And I'm looking at this February schedule here. And I mean, just from a course standpoint, you know, 18, uh, the Pebble beach program, obviously at Pebble beach and then Scottsdale and then Riviera, like those are just monster courses, right? Three weeks in a row. All right. Classic, like just legendary courses. And I, and I love that. Um, why not, go back to why not make the the classic and the palms the designated event like that feels more like a, an opportunity there for me than um than the the pro-am like the pro-am has a different feel like i don't really get making the pro-am a signature event that would be time 
that's all they want to do is i know it's pebble beach and well, I, I get that but that's just i don't know that doesn't seem like it's going to get the most out of at least the competition factor of it it was about designated events was about trying to get like you said some some of the bigger names to take these tournaments a little more seriously like you, you, in past years you would never ever 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 see these guys go from the masters to the mm-hmm. uh RBC Heritage, and right. we saw John Rom show up this week, you know, this year after winning the Masters, and you see all those big names because it was the money, it was the designated event. I think you're right. The waste management, the people who want to be there are going to be there. It's good for yeah. your brand. You know, if you are Ricky Fowler, yeah, sure, you you want to make sure you're rested up for, you know, Riviera and uh, Pebble Beach. Those those courses are no joke, but you're also expected to be out there at the waste management, you know, putting on yeah. the basketball jerseys and, you know, yucking it up and telling, getting the crowd into it. So I think you're right. It's just that they don't, they don't necessarily need it. But um, where I do disagree is I think, I don't know if it was necessarily to kind of, otherwise we'd have the, the John Deere, like taking, you know, they might, you know, taking turns as signature event. I don't think they were trying to, well, I don't mean going all the way down to that level. I just like those hey, borderlines. Shots fired on the John Deere. What do you mean that level? <laughs> It was to uh, to bring back some of the polish and prestige because the RBC Heritage was kind of a big deal when I was growing up. I mean, it was the week after the Masters, but it just the the location and the history behind the course and the tournament and the, the fact that like Davis Love and Davis Love the Third was always associated with it stuck out to me. But what I love about this is we're going to get some Olympic golf. I don't know why, but I'm a sucker for it. I don't understand the qualifying <laughs> process. I don't really don't care. I think yeah. we've talked about it before, and I'm sure we'll get into it next year. But um, I'm I'm, I'm interested to see if anything actually happens with live now that they've rolled out. Okay. So this was the next thing to drop. So 2024, here's our schedule live. I don't know if they put out their 24 schedule yet, but I read an article earlier today that is saying lives not going to go anywhere. And now we know where the PGA tour and the approach they're taking. But the thesis was that the deal is going to fall through that. Mm-hmm. You keep, that these are just strange bedfellows and it's not going to work out. Like you can't have one person in charge when the, and all I keep thinking about is i i think it's going to happen and i think you know it the everybody already showed their hands pga tour already admitted like listen if we don't if we don't play ball we're going to get smothered in court so we're going to do the damn thing and i think that's what right before we got on you're asking if i saw that somebody else so some high-ranking executive at the pga tour resigned Mm -hmm. again this week and uh and they made a point to say it had nothing to do with the upcoming merger and i'm thinking to myself well does anybody really care at this point I know it sounds terrible and awful and it's going to be something that's never going to go away, but I'm more excited. like, again, getting Pebble beach in prime time and then sandwiching in the waste management super bowl that February, the month of February is going to feel like a major for golf fans and sports fans in general. Uh, but mostly the golf dorks, because we do have those major, those three major venues that you just point you, you brought up with a super bowl sandwiched in there. And then we get into major, 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 major FedEx cup playoffs. Um, Ironically enough, your boy Lucas Glover this last week. Yeah, I know that. I texted. I well, I didn't hear his comment, but I know I texted you saying, "Of course, the week I say that I like Lucas Glover, but I don't have confidence to play him." And he goes out and wins. I I, whatever. Anyways, no. What was his comment though? (laughs) He was just he, and he was chirping because I mean he was outside of it, and this you know I'm pretty sure this got him into the playoffs, this win. But uh, he was just saying, you know, it's 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 crazy they cut it down to 70 from 125. How are you going to be in the top 125 and have an exemption next year, have your tour card, but you're not Mm -hmm. eligible for the playoffs? And all I could think to myself was, 
welcome to other sports. Like not everybody gets a, gets a seat at the, the playoff table and this is kind of yeah. how, how it works here. So I didn't, I didn't think too much of that. All I, but I did smile uh, greatly when I saw his family's reaction and I thought, good for you. You know, you go out there and you say, you say your words, but then you back it up by, you know, proving that you belong in there anyway. So Lucas Glover, tip of the cap to you. Uh, good Clemson guy. I'm, I'm looking up real fast because you mentioned the Super Bowl and I'm, what is the date of the Super Bowl this, this in 2024 this year? Because I do find that I didn't even think about that, but that's it is a very interesting. Uh, it's kind prime, of thing it's prime real estate because remember they they've done it. I think uh, I don't know if this was the second year or the first year where they start on Wednesday to finish on Saturday, so they're not even messing around with uh, the Super Bowl. They did that yeah, with the, farmers. the Super Bowl. It doesn't look like they're doing that this year with the waste management. No, the waste management's like, listed from the eighth to the eleventh, and I believe the Super Bowl is on the eleventh this year. That's yeah. That's waste Sunday. management likes having that likes having that putt drop and then kick off right around the same time. They'll play an earlier final round just to get that that yeah. that those eyeballs that you know you and your buddies will be sitting there watching for ten days straight pregame coverage and analysis and breaking well, this sure, down yeah. and nerding <clears> out. No, I don't mind but, that being the Sunday. I was just curious how they were gonna. The casual, the casual football fan like myself, coupled <laughs> with a golf nerd, you, yeah, it's like pregame is the waste management, and then you go right into the Super Bowl for the commercials and to see if the over under hits. See, meanwhile, I usually have about three shows on Super Bowl Sunday that I got to do, so I'll be watching the waste management kind of out of the corner of my eye. Unfortunately, another minute about about fantasy football. So tell me this again: what's going on at this expo? What are you? Where are you going to yes. be? What do you hope to get out of it? Not I know we're huge in Canton, so there's probably going to be a big following there, screaming for divots and pivots gear. But uh, you know, what is this again? Yeah, it's the Fantasy Football Expo. So it's the happens every year out of Canton at the Hall of Fame. Um, analysts, writers, wannabe sports people like myself um, all show up and you know have some fun together, meet each other, network. Uh, there's um, but like I guess you call them seminars or like breakout talks, keynote speakers on different topics. Um, and it's just a big thing. Oh, it's that a conference. Um, yeah, it's a conference. And, on, and yeah. culminates all on Sunday with, uh, you know, we all have our booth set up and anybody, the public's welcome to come in and, and chit chat and whatever. And, and it's, it's just a way to get ourselves out there more. It's going to be a ton of fun. I'm playing in a cornhole tournament Friday night. Um, the fantasy sports corporation network. We have a flag football team. We'll be playing on Saturday. Uh, so that's going to be fun. And I'm going to die out there Saturday. You're going to die? Yeah, I don't know when I've done – last time I've done anything athletic outside of golf, so uh, I, I might uh, I might have to bring my inhaler. You're not putting cornhole in the athletic category, No, right? no, I mean the flag football tournament on Saturday. Oh, shit, I missed that part. I was sitting over here <laughs> looking at the, the FedEx Cup playoff Wikipedia page. Flag football, dude, ACLs. Yeah. That's what I'd be worried oh, yeah, about. I'm, I'm done worried, for. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be done for on Saturday. Stretch. All I got to say is stretch. <laughs> Uh, all right, before we get into the FedEx Cup playoffs and the St. Jude Championship, which is now the FedEx St. Jude Championship, yes, founded as the Westchester Classic in 1967. How about that? Uh, A little tidbit there, as always. What did you – so the FedEx Cup playoffs, for those of you who don't know, this has only been around for about 15, 16 years. Uh, I think 2007 was the first iteration. Uh, Tigers won it a handful of times. Rory now has won it three times. Uh, and, and basically we got the top 70 after this week, the top 50 go to the BMW. And then after that, the top 30 go to Eastlake shouts to Eastlake. And uh, they, yeah. they, they start their week staggered scoring where whoever's leading in the points is 10 under then nine, eight, seven, six, kind of 
five and then they start grouping them together and they're like you four are going to be at four under then three at yeah. three under and then the last couple guys started even and away you go and east lake is uh provided some wonderful backdrops uh nice. recently with tiger coming down in 20 i think it was 2019 2018 somewhere in there justin rose actually won the fedex cup that year lost in that story um obviously rory with what he did last year sneaking in there under scotty scheffler and taking it away from him uh yep. you know there's no i'm not gonna say no love lost it's not like they hate each other but <laughs> that those kind of memories do stick with them and they they want to yeah. so it, but how do you bet against john rom ever right now when he tees it up so it's going to be it's going to be tough to to kind of id a champion but week to week i th- yeah. hopefully we can find some value in there to just make the cut because when you look down this roster there's no schlubs in there. This thing really does, you know, weed out the players as we've seen. JT's been playing like shit. He's on the outside looking in. Yeah. Uh, Aaron Rye, my boy and yours, is in, is in the playoffs. So, uh, who would have thunk it? But before we go any further, do you have any parting thoughts departing uh, the regular seasoning heading into the playoffs? No, this golf playoffs is. I don't think me and you get it, but. People outside don't even realize that playoffs exist in golf. They just assume a tournament finishes and the season's done, and and they stop playing for a couple months. And it, this is this is just such a to have a field of only seventy guys. I know this is going to be like, well, why don't you watch Live then? But to have a field <laughs> to have a field of only seventy guys fighting for only a certain amount of spots to move on to the next week, like that's cutthroat. That every single guy in the course, no matter how far out of it from they are from the top, still has a chance to. To, to make a move and play for something. So that's that's what's big about the playoffs for me. I, I love it, um, especially once you hit, the, like you said, the staggered scoring. It, it adds that whole wrinkle into it to keep people in, engaged and golfers engaged. So the playoffs of golf, I think, is set up perfectly. I think they took them some years to figure it out. Um, they changed it up with the tournaments, with the, with the locations, but I feel like they've kind of hit their stride now the past few years with it. So I'm all about this. I'm ready. This is going to be a great week. Playoff start, fantasy football expo, Patriots first preseason game Thursday. This this week is fantastic for sports. Or at least fun for me. Fact, <laughs> fun fact, Brian Harmon made two holes in one in the same round in 2015 at this tournament. So we got that kind of magic going for us. All right, let's yeah. let's take our break for underdog and say hi to gingerbread. Hell yes. Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. All right, let's get into this because as we've alluded to, this is a bit different this week's much smaller field. Um, and so ownership doesn't really play as much of a factor here. Or if you're going to pay attention to ownership, you need to adjust your kind of your perspective of it because now you guys are like 14 15 16 percent ownership um, that's much more of an average ownership compared to a regular season event where those those guys in like those three percentages there that's more like if you were compared to a regular season around like 10 11 12 i'd say so ownerships you can expect them all to look higher so don't let that scare you off guys 
Um, you just have to change the way you look at it. Remember, only 70 guys, the math changes. A little bit about our host course here. We are at TPC Southwind in Memphis, mm-hmm. uh, 7,200 yards, par 70. And it's that Georgia, which I love saying. It's like Z-O-Y-S-I-A. It's that Georgia grass yeah. in the fairways, which <sighs> if you've never seen this, the ball sits up almost like it's on a little mini tee, no matter where it sits, as long as it's not in a divot. However, the course is incredibly narrow. So you got to factor that in there and half of the holes, literally half of the holes are 450 yards or longer. And the two par fives are the easiest holes on the course. So really what you're talking about is nine really long, hard par fours with narrow fairways. And then, you know, nine, you know, ho-hum kind of holes uh, with pretty, pretty respectably shorter, you know, accessible par threes. Uh, so that's why my key three this week, I, I really, I'm really am leaning into uh, ball striking, taking off the tee and approach, you know, in, mm-hmm. into account. I'm taking strokes gain putting because it's the playoffs, treating it like a major every week. We've, you know, that separates the boys from the men. And, uh, and then obviously, actually, I, not obviously, this isn't something where I normally go. I went strokes gained par fours, uh, par four efficiency, 450 to 500. Because again, there you go. Welcome you got to half the <laughs> yeah, you got half the holes that are going to be under this model. So I, I, I'm sticking to three because unlike you, I can count. But if I was going to add something else in there, I probably would, uh, probably would maybe put fairways gained, and just seeing sure. who out there is is having that tee ball work for them instead of just kind of putting them in position and not converting. Yeah, we got very similar. I'm, I'm, I'm once again kind of doubling up with the approach and ball strike, and so I'm having both strokes gained, ball strike and strokes gained approach in here along with strokes gain putting. Um, we agree on the power four, 450 to 500. The only difference really we have is that I'm also throwing in my usual proximity for approach shots, and I have the 150 to 175 range. Because uh, as you said, the, the majority of this course are these very equal distance power fours. Um, so when you take in the, to account those power four distances, the, that di- distance of approach shots uh, are going to be somewhere around there most of the time. And you nailed it as well. Those part threes, they're really not that difficult on this course this week. They don't really come into play. Um, I believe three out of the four of them are under 200 yards. Uh, and they rank, they all rank, I believe, middle of the pack as far as hole difficulty. So it, it's really about these part fours this week. You, you kind of you crushed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so, where does that leave? What, so, what not to give you don't have to give specifics now, but what is your your kind of top 10 look like uh, do you have a nice kind of spread of of salary salaries and values here or are you pretty chalky in your top 10 a little actually i'm i i've got some eight nine ten and eleven in there in that top 10 i've so i mean it is a little chalky because again that's going to be the game this week you're not really trying to play gotcha you know these guys if they're up there they're up there for a reason these these odds usually aren't too far off so don't try to outsmart yourself trust the numbers but i do like the balance just because there's enough in the nine and eight k range uh that makes me feel good i'm not going to do what i did last week and get suckered into some stupid lineup challenge where we just played our top six because i had russell henley sitting there at seven and i think because my brain just checked out I didn't look closely at it, but once yeah, but again, you, you didn't play Lucas Glover either. So uh, all's well that ends well. We are we are still pretty close heading into the playoffs. So I I do like my model. I do trust it. Um, there's a I mean, it's like John Rom sitting there at fourth. Well, no shit, Roy McIlroy at sixth. Well, yeah, of course, um, Scotty's at nine. I mean, you, these guys are going to be in your top ten, but for me, that's not where I'm going to put some of my focus because. 
it is a strong field. So you can sprinkle it down the lineup a little bit. And it wouldn't, you know, again, we got Brian Harmon sitting down there in the 8K range. He just won a major. You know, what why isn't he why isn't his value a little higher? Well, maybe they know something we don't know. Uh, or it could be the fact that he's pretty short off the tee. And so these are gonna take some to put yourself in a position to actually attack certain pins, you're going to have to hit 350, you know, 360 yard or even 330 yard bombs and hope for a little bit of a rollout to get to a mid mid iron or wedge. Uh, but I wouldn't go too far down. You know, you start looking down there in that 6K range and some of these names just don't inspire too much confidence, uh, except for maybe Cam Young, but that's neither here nor there. And that's an yeah. eight. That's not a six. Okay, good. My eyes. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think he's in the six K range, but you're not wrong. The six K range is, is not somewhere I'm going to be. There, there's two guys that I might consider. One of them is just outside the seven K range. So it's not even, it's, it, it's nothing crazy. I'm not going to the six K range or nailed it, but there is some, still some value in that seven K range for me. But um, yeah, when you have guys like Matthew Fitzpatrick down around 8,600, um, Hideki's in, in the mid eights as well. Cameron Young, low eight, Sam Burns, low eight. I mean, Sung JM's eight, eight thousand exactly. So, yeah, there's there's value to be had kind of all the way down this board as far as salary. So, uh, mix it up a little bit. Uh, but let's get into some specifics now. Let's give some names because, and like I said, we're going to pretty much ignore ownership this week, except for maybe one or two situations where we're looking at like above 20%. That might be something there if you're playing GPP. I will say this: If you're playing GPP, still pay attention a little. Don't a little bit. Don't have like all twenty percent guys because you're just shooting yourself in the foot. But also, if you're playing GPP this week, be prepared to be frustrated because you're going to be splitting with multiple thousands of people when there's only seventy guys in the field. You're going to be looking at where you're going to drop, you know, hundreds, thousands of positions just because of one guy uh, you, you're going to be all over the place i suggest don't even look at your results until sunday or you're going to give yourself a heart attack you're going to be jumping all around ignore it and this is a more fun week for cash games what well, says, says the guy's going to be texting you're going to be texting me thursday <laughs> at like 10 45 in the morning check it out no like, I'm, no i'm God, sticking to thursday. cash games this week I'm really, I really am. All right, so park it, reverse it, roll it back for folks. You're just sitting here going back and forth. GPP cash games, GPP cash yes, games. Yes, yes. <laughs> what, what, what are each one of those for the the lay person listening? Yeah, so GPPs are your big tournaments on DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever you're playing. GPP stands for Guaranteed Prize Pool. Um, so that's where you're going to have like your 50, 20, 30, 40, 50,000 or more entries um, that you're going against where you can have 20 or like 150 different entries for yourself if you want. Um, it's the one where you, you have a chance to win a million dollars, basically. So those are GPPs. The your mill cash, maker. Yeah, your cash games have a, a smaller winning prize coming out of them, but they have a better chance of winning. So like your double ups, for instance, um, typically 50%, roughly 50% of the, the entries will will double up their money, but you're not going to be, you're turning $1 to $2, $2 into $4. Everyone gets the same prize or a head to head. You're just playing one-on-one -on -one against someone for, you know, you both put in 10 when it gets 20 like, and that's yeah. it. Like it's, yeah. it's just more straightforward. But if you're really trying to hit, hit it home and, and win the million, um, change your life. Those are the GPPs. So which ones are you playing this week? Cash, not the GPPs. Cash. Going straight cash, homie. All yeah. right. So we talked, you, you mentioned how you, you can't be too dissecting with the leverage, but as you were rambling on, 
I'm just kidding. As you were explaining what I asked you to explain very succinctly and nicely, I was looking at this this 10K and above range because mm-hmm. when you got Scotty and Rory, and you look at the runs that they've been on. So here's here's Scotty's last few tournaments. 23rd at the Open, 3rd at the Scottish Open, 4th at Travelers, 3rd at U.S. Open, 3rd at Memorial, 3rd at Charles Schwab, 2nd at the PGA, 5th at the Byron Nelson, 11th at the Heritage, 10th at the Masters, and then he won the players back in March. Why does it, but it feels like he's struggling. And I think it's because he's hitting the ball so damn well and he's on the cusp, but I don't want to pay that much money because he is projected to be 18, 19, 20% owned. Mm -hmm. I'm a little shocked that Rory is in the mid teens and at 11, five, that still is a lot of money to be putting out. And that forces you down into that six, seven K range. Maybe if you don't want to go down there, uh, more, you know, a little too deep into the well, but if you had to pull the trigger on somebody in that 10 K and above range, I think I would give the the nod to Rory over John Rom. And cause John hasn't been John, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really Victor Hovland hasn't closed at all. And if you just put Rory and Xander next to each other, I'm going to take Rory 10 times out of 10. So solely based on form. And I'm thinking in terms of like my other league where leverage doesn't mean shit. You just got yep. really four chances to pick the winner. I might be giving me, giving some Rory love this week. No, I 100% agree. Um, and yeah, how, how dare Scotty Scheffler finish T23 at the Open? I mean, that's a fucking must, joke. Bailing it in. Going down the, yeah, he must be going down the hole now. So how dare he stay away? No, I'm kidding. Obviously, Scotty Scheffler's been on one hell of a run all the way since last year. Um, but if we want to get super technical and detailed about it, it's his putter that's been letting him down. So, it, But that's one thing we've always said. You These guys can turn around literally overnight, one round to another. Um He's well, still speak. first in ball strike and still first in approach, still top 15 in these power fours at this distance. So, I mean, yeah, Scotty Scheffler, I still expect to do well. But, yeah, $12,100 when we're trying to not dip into the 6K range this week, that's the only reason why I'm not going to play him because I don't want to have to, you know, tighten my wallet that much. And John Rahm, again, I just don't like the 20% when you consider the vol- his volatility recently. Correct. I mean, you had single digits for Rory going back. Yeah, had Scotty. Although we do forget, and I love John Rahm's answer, he did finish runner-up at the Open. He was part of that pack that was five or six strokes back, whatever it was. And yeah. when somebody talked about, like, you know, what would it have taken this, that, and the other, he's like, the guys, the guys started the day five strokes ahead. Like, this thing was over. You know, he's like, what, exactly. there was nothing any of us could have done. He's like, he especially played, once he played, that weather kicked in, they just knew, like, yeah, there's no way to yeah, just get in, Just get in there and try to cash a check. But he missed the cut at the Travelers, but that was back at the end of June. He hasn't been playing a ton of golf. And when yep. he does tee it up, 10th at the U.S. Open, 16th at the Memorial, 50th at the PGA, 2nd in Mexico. He won the Masters, and he was 15th at the RBC after a grueling Masters week. So you can't bet against John Rom. I just think when you look at those top three, Scotty, Rory, and John, Rory not getting a lot of that. Uh, it, I mean, Rory's been admittedly a little shaky with those wedges, but he still is finishing high up on the leaderboard. And with that win at the Scottish Open, it's kind of, you know, remembering how to win is a big deal. So yeah. Uh, you're not, you can't really go wrong if you have to spend that kind of money with those three. I mean, I would just kind of, my thing would be the leverage, the leverage play, giving you know a couple extra points with Rory. Yeah, no, I, I agree. <clears throat> it would be Rory for me there as well. And then, just, <coughs> sorry about that. Just under that, you're dying on me. 10K range, uh, there's only two guys in the 10k range: Victor Hovland and Xander uh, at 10, 2 and 10, respectively. Um, and I like them both. They both rank out top five in my model. 
Uh, I know we said we're not going to pay attention to ownership really here, but somehow they both are under 15% projected ownership as well. And they both have at least five straight tournaments without a missed cut. Uh, yes, I know. I shit on Victor Hovland a few weeks ago saying that he's, you know, potential. He can't close. No, I was, I was just about to say it. he can't close and he's in he can't and something. Yeah. There's that mental block going on right now that he can't close and maybe, maybe he'll figure it out, but I don't think this is going to be the place he figures it out. And Xander, yeah. I just, why does Xander feel like it's, it, you know, it, it's sneaky quiet that he's Xander up there. is top 10 in all five of my stats. He's, I'm not. I'm not sure. I've really seen that too much this season. But he he's top ten in all my stats, and he's gaining. He's gaining. Eight, he's gaining eight strokes on the field over his last ten events. So I mean, he's he's definitely in form. Top yeah. ten at the U.S. Open, seventeenth at the Open, uh, ten at tenth at the Masters, top twenty at the Players. So I mean, Xander would be would be probably a safe bet to at least make the cut, if not make a run, because yeah. once again, these guys click. Something happens, but. I have close, much. He more. is a guy you I wouldn't be surprised if he won. I would not right. be surprised to see him win this or even the next event. But I, I feel like he has a win in him in these playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised. Down in the nine k range is where you find my my heart, and I probably don't even have to tell you. Okay, so let's see. There are one, two, three, four, five, six guys in the nine k range. Yep. All of them are in my top thirty five. One of them is first in my. In my my model, and another one is tenth, and those two guys, even given their relative, and it's not even that chalky. I mean, if you're if it's yellow, you know, let it mellow. Um, I can swallow some some yellow chalk in the nine k range, but yeah. uh, I'm gonna I mean, give you I'm one right guy. Five of them, five of those guys are in my top twenty. <laughs> who who is your number one or highest ranked in the nine k range? Uh, the guy that I would be most interested in playing in the nine k range. Uh, I'm between two, but I think what I would end up doing here is we'll talk, we'll talk multiple. But Truth Gun, yeah, yeah. But if I had to nine k somewhere, yeah, if I had to just pick one of these guys, all things factored in, uh, I think I'm playing Tommy Fleetwood. Interesting. I think I'm playing Tommy Fleetwood. I think he he's been good enough off the tee right now, and he's been nice and steady with his putter recently. That um, I feel like he's I, I feel like he's got it. Look, he's he had a one hiccup at the Travelers where he missed the cut. But other than that, he's got four top tens in his last five, uh, and at ninety one hundred, like that's I, I like what if I'm going to play Xander at ten, like I'm going to I need to I'm fine take, saving some money. I would be between him and Patrick Cantley in this range, and I'm fine saving seven hundred dollars to drop down to Tommy Fleetwood if I'm going to play Xander at the top of my model. So it's interesting. Tommy's on my on my radar, obviously, because like you said, ninety one hundred and the way he's been playing, uh, and he ranks out in my model. He's actually he's tenth in my model, but number one is my favorite in yours, Tyrrell, Tyrrell yep. Hatton <laughs> at ninety seven hundred, fourteen percent ownership. And it's funny because you could almost what you just said about Tommy, you could almost say about Tyrrell, and personality wise, they're they couldn't be much different. I mean, Tyrrell's Tyrrell's been on a pretty decent little run, twentieth at the Open, but. Sixth at the Scottish Open, 27th, uh, 27th at the U.S. Open, third in Canada, 12th at Memorial, 15th at the PGA, 5th, 3rd, 19th. So, I mean, he's he's been knocking every week. I think it's because of his demeanor and his antics sometimes. We think that yeah. maybe he's playing or performing worse than he actually is. But I just uh, love but watching he's, him. 
He's so one do of my I. favorites. <laughs> so do I. And I love that Colin Morikawa admitted that from a player standpoint. It's like it's entertaining as hell. Like you're yeah. sitting there watching him do his thing, and he's not in- encroaching on your your performance. So, so do you think that as a player who's playing with someone like that, like from Colin Morikawa's standpoint, do you think that breaks your the te- your own inner tension a little bit? That's, it's, it's it's to each his own. Like I guarantee you. Like I guarantee you. Put Tiger in that group. Tiger doesn't know. Tiger doesn't know you're there. Sure. Uh, quick, you know, Tommy or Tommy Tony Finau famously talked about in the 2019. Uh, masters that final round he, mm-hmm. he he got to walk with them and he said that you know they just said hello at the first tee and then it was like five was six right. holes in no he said it was like it was like five six holes in or something they were walking off the tee box and they just happened to be walking like kind of in, in step and yeah. he just said you know how are the kids and tiger he said that tiger looked at me and she goes good and then he just sped up like yeah, to, like sped like, up. Like, kind of that, nah. he goes there was not <laughs> he goes there was not one more word spoken between the two of us until it was congratulations on the 18th green so to your to your question you put to, you put anybody it just depends on the the golfer um for colin i think that that was kind of a cool insight to colin morikawa that he does pay attention you hear these guys how they have to kind of break the break it in between shots and go look at other things or you know the players that the caddy's going to go so who do you think you got the colts this weekend you know they want to talk to them yeah there are some players and i bet bryson's in this this latter category where they're just next shot just as soon as the ball leaves the club face they're already thinking, okay, that's left, that's short, that's long, that's on it. And then they watch it, they hit, okay. And now and they like they're probably just always on, which has got to be exhausting. So it just depends on the player. Uh, but in that 9K range, Ricky Fowler's 10th for me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to take some Ricky because I want to believe in the Ricky. And I kind of want to see him in the red, white, and blue. And I do think he yeah. needs to he he needs to get you know pretty deep in the playoffs, or at least you know make a make a run at one of these tournaments. Even though he did re- he did win recently, and I know folks were saying, mm-hmm. myself included, you know he's back. He's going to be on the on the on the team. Um, as we talked about at the outset, there's some difficult conversations to have ahead. So as long as he doesn't owe to barbecue, I think he's going to make a decent showing. But I'm not going to put any money behind him. And same thing about Colin Morikawa. He's just been too inconsistent this entire season. Yeah to really entice me with it now if he's about 500 cheaper i might because mm-hmm. he he actually has shown his face in positive formats recently with well he missed the cut at the open but he was second at the rocket mortgage and 14th at the u.s open but he has a couple of those missed cuts in between so he's boomer bust right now and i just well, he is one of those guys that's approved that. He's one of those guys that is approaching twenty percent ownership, and I, and I'm looking at the stats I'm using, and I'm wondering what are people looking at that I'm that I'm ball striking. Because, he's the he's still the best there is, and, and that and that's fair, but it's I don't maybe maybe me and you look at uh, everything outside the numbers a little bit more than everyone else because yeah, I hundred percent agree with you that Colin Mark Howard just feels still inconsistent to me. It's it's either top fifteen or a miscut with him right now. Right. And I'm not going to, and I would, I, I kind of would rather give somebody else more love. Uh, all right. 8K. So we, we both agree in Tommy in, in Fairway Jesus. I like me some Tyrrell as well. You know, 91, 97 means I'm going to have to go down, down low, probably to balance it out a little bit. Yep. But uh, especially when you consider the next guy that I might be looking at and really my top four overall. But is there anybody besides Fairway Jesus that you're looking at in that 9K range? I already said I got Tommy and Tyrrell. <laughs> Yeah, the the only other guy that I say I would mention, uh, no, I already mentioned him. I said I said Patrick Cantlay. He's the other guy. I was between him and Tommy Fleetwood. I mean, Jordan Spieth is best. Jordan Spieth is worth a look, um, but he's also been a bit inconsistent recently. Um, so he, that's that's I'm not very confident in that. And apparently, nobody else is either because he's actually below ten percent projected this week as well. So 
if you want to take a take a dart throw with someone uh, with low ownership in a GPP, I'm fine going Jordan Spieth and, and just knowing it's risky. But yeah, no, I think we hit the guys that we really like in the 10K range already. All Can right, we talk about it? Range. All right, real quick on Jordan Spieth. This is going back to okay. This is his calendar year, so 13th at the Century. Hey, Jordan's back. Missed the cut yeah. at the Sony Open. Mom, <laughs> mom. 63rd at Pebble Beach. Okay, he made a cut. Sixth in Phoenix. Oh my God, he's back. Missed the cut at Genesis. Exactly. Yeah. He's... Fourth at Arnold Palmer. Top 20 at the Players. Third at the Valspar. Fourth at the Masters. Second at the RBC. Missed cut at the Wells Fargo. Yep. And I mean, it's just, just been his entire year. You know, fifth at the Memorial. Missed the cut at the U.S. Open. Uh, missed the cut at the Scottish Open. 23rd at the Open. So, yeah, the volatility. That's probably why the the ownership is as low as it is. Oh, 100 uh, percent. But I think even that price tag at 93 is apropos for the way he's been playing. All right, 8K range. Yes. Uh, who you got? Who you like? Why do you like him? Why do you not? The 8K range is weird for me because I, I I'm not really looking. I'm going right over. Uh, Jason Day, a guy I've loved this year. I'm looking right past at Max Homa, a guy I've loved in recent years, looking right past him. Tony Finau doesn't do it for me. Matthew Fitzpatrick doesn't do it for me. Uh, you mentioned him early on. Wyndham Clark is – I like him at 8,500. Um, he's He's been playing so well that he feels like – you said it before. He feels like a steal at this price. So Wyndham Clark I'm, I'm cool with down here. I also like Brian Harmon. He's playing too good. Uh, I know his last tournament that he's played in is the one he's won, but I feel like a few weeks have gone by now where he's kind of probably slept off the the, the open the major champion hangover. So maybe Brian Harmon makes a, a little bit of a push here to at least uh, move on to the next the next event. Unfortunately, I think Brian Harmon's back to Parkland golf and the, the world of the long ball. And and that's why I, when I was talking about how maybe the open championship is the last bastion for the short hitters, because the yeah. elements play a huge role in a neutralizing factor. And those courses are not as long as, you know, the modern day stuff. So as long as you're finding fairways and controlling your ball, that's all you need to do. A la Kevin Kisner. Um, I mean, it, it, there's but, a lot yeah, of I mean, reasons but why, even be, but, but, but even before that he was finishing top, 20 you know t43 at the u.s open but t2 at the travelers t9 at rocket mortgage t12 at the genesis scottish open i mean i know that's basically another short link style as well but still he he sh- he's been shown he can play on some of the longer courses too he missed the cut at the memorial pga championship wells fargo uh mm-hmm. the masters valspar arnold palmer genesis what do these courses all have in common they're beasts like you have to actually have the, that long ball in there to put yourself in position to score i just don't see him getting it done this week i think i can't believe i'm ro- not rooting betting against <laughs> the the georgia bulldog and you're gonna go to bat for the lefty but then again you're weird and i appreciate that about i'm definitely you. wyndham clark definitely ranks a lot higher than brian Harmon in my model i will say that. so ring the bell on wyndham clark is 17 ownership but i think that's warranted and i think that's kind of why uh, so many people do believe in him because they see what's what's going on in his trend so he's fifth in my model sixth in my model is a guy you blew right past jason day and I think, oh, I, really? I, I think he, and he, you know, he gained 12 strokes on the field at the open. He found it. And I think that maybe this is where he catches lightning in a bottle and reignites his kind of, Hey, I know how to do this too. But somebody else who kind of found it and he would be more of a leverage play and you went right past him. But um, it's the Caucasian Colin Morikawa, Max Homa, another cowboy who <laughs> Cal, not cow, but yeah. Cal boy who is known for having a beautiful swing and crisp, uh, you know, crisp iron play, you know, the kind of things you need to do to keep it straight and narrow. 
if he found it overseas, I think it's worth, you know, a look at, but 88 is a little pricey, but I think that's why if that ownership, if you're looking for an 8k leverage play, Max Homa, I don't have much, much confidence in the other guys in there. Uh, Tony Finau, yeah. Tony's going to, that one of these days is going to jump up and bite me in the ass because he does just seem to click this time of year. Matty Fitzpatrick, Hideki, Brian Harmon, you know, I do like Cam Young, but Ooh, wait a minute. How did I go right past Cam Young? Eddie? Oh, because he's 63rd in my model. So I'm not going to really, you know, give he's that too much. In mine too. Yeah. So, all right. There you have it, folks. The 8K <clears throat> range from Boudreaux. If you're going to, if you're feeling a little chalky, Wyndham Clark is your, is your go to. Jason Day is worth a look. Mm. Uh, and if you're feeling a little froggy, then maybe become a homosexual. <laughs> what? Homa. Max Homa, a homosexual, <laughs> jump on the train. Where have you been this season? I've just not heard that before, so that really took me off guard. I'm glad to, I'm glad to know you pay attention when I talk. God damn. Uh, yeah, no, you know what? I think you you might have actually opened my eyes to Max Homa. I think I, I hastily looked up, looked past him and didn't really pay all attention to how well he's it's been playing. all it takes, recently. and then they turn. And they always turn. Yeah, so, I, you know, I don't mind the Max Homa call. <laughs> But yeah, I definitely misheard you. Anyways, <laughs> let's right. get into that, so that 7K. 7K range. Because look, we, we've named a lot of guys that we really like in our model in that 10, 9, and upper 8K range. So we're going to have to play some guys down here in the 7K range to find some value. Um, a guy that that's still going to do it for me this week, I've been riding him. I'm going to ride him again. And I know you, you yeah. always hate when I say his name. Not hate, but you you you're always surprised when I say his name. I'm I'm going with Emiliano Grillo still at 7100. I still no. like him. I still like no. him. Yes. No. Yes. All right. Who uh, who else you got in the 7K range? Uh, so uh, I do. Uh, let me see. Siwoo Kim is another guy I like. Uh, he's a guy who he's one of those guys I'm willing to take a shot on at 7400. Who he the only thing that's missing for him is his putter. Um, so maybe he can turn that around. Then the other guy that I have ranked somewhat higher in the in the seven K range, I have him ranked at nineteenth, uh, uh, and that's Corey Connors. He's one of those longer hitters uh, who can also um, really handle his irons and his approach game. He plays these par fours better than average. So I like Corey Connors at seventy six hundred. And if you are playing GBPs, projected less than thirteen percent ownership. So Corey Connors could be a nice uh, cash and GPP play. Um, so I like that. He finished T 52nd at the open T 19 at the Scottish open, uh, and then T nine at the Travelers. So Corey Connors is someone I think I'm definitely going to be working into my model as well. Did you hear that Corey Connors? I don't know if you took your headphones with you. And if you really want a shot in the dark, someone who's missed three cuts in a row, if you want to be feeling risky and frisky, uh, Justin Rose at 7,200. I'm not going to play him, but I'm just saying he, even though he's missed three cuts in a row, uh, he kind of lines up well for this course. I so, agree. And Justin Rose is, you know, like I just said, he won this thing a couple of years ago. He won earlier this year at, at Pebble Beach, which yeah. is another course where you have to kind of keep it on the straight and narrow. It's not overwhelmingly long and they've got tiny, tiny greens. And so premium on that, uh, on those approach accuracies. Sorry about that. Quick off screen emergency. No, had good. to step aside. Uh, we're back in the hunt here talking about the seven K range. So if I repeat anything, he just says, just assume that my, my analysis is smarter. Of I, course, right? Yeah. Emiliano Grillo just doesn't make doesn't do it for me. He's kind of like a Sam Burns, where I, I feel like 
I feel like I've picked Sam Burns and I've just missed on the times that he's hit and it pissed me off. So I've written him off, but in the 76 at 7,600 Corey Connors is somebody who I like. He's 18th in my model. And what is he known for? He's known for, well, showing up strangely on leaderboards in tournaments where you'd be like, what the fuck is Corey Connors doing? They're like majors. But he he is one of the best, and I go back to ball strikers. This is a ball strikers kind of, you know, if, if you're hitting in the fairway, then you can throw darts off of this Georgia grass. And then another another guy like and close by 72. And yeah, and he can hit the ball a mile. So um, I say a mile. He's not like, you know, one of those Rory or John Rom, the guys who can reach back and get 370, but he can go 300 plus consistently, which is all you kind of need to take mm-hmm. these 450, 470 yard par fours and make them manageable with a wedge or a mid iron, which again, a guy like Corey Connors is deadly with. But come on down, Benny on runner you know up what? at the window, 23rd at the Open, third at the Scottish Open, 50. I mean, after a couple back to back missed cuts, he's been creeping mm-hmm. up the leaderboard. Uh, and let's see here. Last 10 events, he's gaining four and a half strokes. Last five, gaining six strokes on the field. So at that at that price, I didn't even look at what his ownership would be down there at 7,500. He's around 12%. Yeah, so I'm not alone. I mean, he's catching some people's eyes, but probably for the right reasons. You know, hop on the on train. Uh, I love that Denny McCarthy, 9%. And Sahith Gala, Sahith Gala, 2.8% ownership at 7,600. He's had a rough year. He really just he hasn't has, put it together in any tournament this year. He has, but he's still there at the end. Uh, and again, so I mean, I'm I'm, I'm talking 12, 13% with Corey Connors and Benny on, but mm-hmm. I think that they're both in positions to do it. I think Lucas Glover, stay away. The hangover is yep. real. Um, Especially for someone a, who hadn't won in so long like him. So yeah, you got to factor that all in. Clawing that back, we both kind of breezed over. You got anybody else in the seven K range you like? Because there's somebody that didn't come out of either one of our mouths that I'm a little surprised about. Uh, well, it's not going to be someone that you're surprised I didn't say. But the only other guy that I, uh, well, I should say, two other guys that I'm willing to look at, but I'm not totally in love with, would be Keegan Bradley and Seb Straka. So maybe That's you feel neat. stronger about one of those two. But one of the guys that I think is definitely worth mentioning is at seven K exactly, and that's Harris English. Um, he's. Ju- I think he's just someone worth looking at. Not uh, someone I'm in love with, but if uh, you find yourself down here and you need to fill that gap, someone like Harris English, uh, I'd be all right with. I didn't see Sepp Straka coming, but Keegan Bradley was literally the one that was on the tip of my tongue. Okay. And I think it's because we were just talking about Ryder Cup, couple of wins already, mm-hmm. and perhaps that chip on the shoulder, extra motivation to kind of solidify this, This like, yeah, I belong in the red, white, and blue again. People forget when he came on the scene, we talk about it, his major win was his second win, you know, at all. Yeah. And, uh, and so he, you know, he had just kind of got going. He was supposed to be big shit, and then he kind of fell off for a little while there. He went the way of Webb Simpson. But uh, I mean, that that's who I kind of would kind of look to Harris English. Not that I don't like the guy. He just feels very, you know, blad to me, but he has played well. Well, U.S. Open. Yeah, I mean, well, the one thing that Keegan's been doing amazing at this year, his putter has been on fire this year when he plays. He's been like consistently hitting that that 10 foot range. Like he, those are the putts that are really going to change your tournament, change the, the flow of what your round is looking like. So um that's something that Keegan's been money at, and, and that's something you need in this, these types of situations. So I don't mind the Keegan Bradley play at all. And yeah, neither do I. I actually might give him some love. All right, real quick, 6K, you got anybody? Because if you don't, I do. Yeah, so the only uh, two guys I would like to mention in the 6K range, uh, Eric Cole right at 6,900. He's just been a cut-making machine, a great putter. 
Um, and for those who care about ownership this week, right around 10, 11% ownership. I like Eric Cole ranks 30th in my model. And the only guy I'm also willing to mention on air is a guy I've been mentioning a decent amount this season, actually, but Adam shank down at the ranks 12th in my model is 6,400, right around 8% ownership. Uh, Adam Shank finished T64 last week, missed the cut at the open, but finished T4 at the John Deere, 7th at the Rocket Mortgage. My only worry about Adam Shank is that he seems to miss the cut at stronger field events like this. So I'm not 100% confident in playing him. But once again, if you're going to if you're gonna go and go ahead and play, like pay for a bunch of guys up at the top uh, and you find yourself in the 6K range, a guy like Adam Shank is worth a dart throw when I think the majority of these 6K guys are probably going to miss the cut this week. I say I say go with a hot hand and Lee Hodges, 6,500. He did win at the 3M a couple weeks ago. He missed the cut at the Open, but I chalked that up to it being link style. Sure. Um, and he had a couple of missed cuts in there as well. But I just think once you find it, you find it, and he's going to ride that wave, and he, he's going to make a cut. And he's also cheap, so... Uh, recent form coupled with my need to save money it means that Lee Hodges is probably going to be worth the, the 10% ownership that you would have to swallow to get him. But again, looking for somebody who has won recently and might, might, might just tap into that magic again. And when he won, he, I mean, people forget, don't forget he didn't just win. He beat the dog piss out of the entire field, 18 and a half strokes gained on the field. Uh, it wasn't even in question on Sunday. It was much more about the story than the competition. So, Lee Hodges, come on down. Yep, I don't mind that. Is that your really your only big guy in the 6K range? Or? Pretty much. I know I'm going to have to go dumpster diving at some point because I don't know how to live on a budget, so I'm going to end up taking too much off the top and have to just you know throw some darts in the board. Might take your advice. Doubt I will. Uh, probably going to take my own advice. And then I'll go something like, like I talked about before strokes gained home life, you know, scrolling through the six K range, who does it just kind of feel like, you know, it's probably Vincent Norman's another name that jumps out because he just got his first win recently. Uh, and I think that you are in love with Adam Svensson. So, I mean, I'll just mention him. Yeah, I haven't but, played him in a while, but he's been playing good again recently. I've noticed him on some leaderboards, so I don't mind. All that. right. Well, but, listen, we got the FedEx Cup playoffs starting. Hell, you're going yes. you're going to your expo, you know, the fantasy football expo. I got the mass, the mass mid-am qualifier out at Gannon on Thursday, yep. 8.30 tea time. So stick around for, you know, I, I feel good. I've played this course a few times. Yeah. Just coming off the club championship. Yes, you uh, are. It, and also, I just kind of not not that I don't care, but after winning, after finally winning a tournament, it's taking a little bit of mental pressure off of uh, off of feeling like I have something to prove. Where I still have something to prove. I got to get one of these fucking qualifiers under my belt. But it's gonna be yeah. a it's gonna be a fun week, and we will be back next week with reactions, forecasts, and uh, any other shenanigans that come up. And uh, by the way, I want. I want stories. I don't, don't just come back. Actually just come back safely. Don't hurt yourself. Don't even try I mean, to overdo the, it. I like, can't promise that this is either going to be a physical injury or a mental injury. We'll so see. So flag football, what are you like? Are you going to be a lineman? Are you, are you going to be a skill position player? Like, do you think you're going to be making cuts downfield? Like what's with, going with, on here? So that's the thing with my size, I need to be a skill position player, but with my current um, athletic shape, um, I should probably just stick to being the water boy. So we'll see. Can you throw a football? I can throw a football. Okay. I, I can't lie. So, but I think we already have quarterback locked down. Uh, so we'll see. But maybe we'll Man. do a little throwing combine to figure it out. But we'll see. I'm Just not looking to be yourself. quarterback, though. It's a lot of pressure. 
Yeah, fuck that. Because you know, hard you just, to, I have a hard enough time deciding what to eat, let alone who to throw it to. When there's a when there's like a minuscule chance, so uh, Des Bryant has a flag football team. Yeah, he's showing up to promote one of his new businesses at this expo, and he's got a team entered. Um, when there's a small chance that if at some point we might have to face him, um, I won't lie, I'm gonna at least for one play uh, line up against him just so I can say I got barreled over by Des Bryant in a football game. So we'll careful see. What Maybe you, I'll careful get what you wish for. Just don't get hurt. <laughs> I won't. All right. Well, we'll see. But that is going to do it for us. Uh, Bud pretty much nailed the outro. We're going to leave it at that. We will see you next Tuesday, 8 o'clock, as always, here on the Fantasy Sports Corporation on Tea Time Tuesday. We love you all. See you then.